You're listening to The Takeaway from WNYC and Public Radio International in collaboration with The New York Times and WGBH Boston Public Radio. An exasperated President Obama greeted the press yesterday on the 100th day of his second term to a question about the status of the Guantanamo Bay detention facility. The president ended a silence about an issue that was once at the center of his agenda for change. I've asked my team to review everything that's currently being done in Guantanamo everything that we can do administratively, and I'm going to re-engage with Congress uh, to try to make the case that this is not uh, something that's in the best interest of the American people. The president was asked about the 100 inmates believed to be on a hunger strike and the efforts to force-feed them through the nose. I don't want these individuals to die. Uh, Obviously, the Pentagon uh, is is trying to manage the situation as best as they can. Uh, But I think... All of us should reflect on why exactly are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Let's put the question to Carlos Warner, a federal public defender who represents 11 Guantanamo detainees, including Kuwaiti hunger striker Faiz al-Kandari. Carlos, welcome to the program. John, thank you for having me. There's a team headed to uh, Guantanamo to start this force-feeding process. Why are we doing that to just begin? Well, force-feeding is a clear violation of medical ethics. Um, It's something that's been utilized by the United States military for a long time. Um, The the military is saying that 20, I think the latest number was 24 of the men are being force-fed, and I could describe in graphic detail from my client's perspective what that means. The bottom line is it's probably way more than 24 individuals. It's probably the vast majority of these men who haven't eaten for three months. And uh, the military agrees at this point, one, that over 100 are hunger striking, that they've been doing it since the 6th of February, and that the military said in the media last week that somebody's going to die if this continues. So I agree with that. We're exasperated, too. I think that you used a very good word uh, in describing the president's demeanor. The men are beyond exasperated. They've been held 11 years without charge in a place uh, where they have no contact with the outside world, less us. And uh, there's not, not a question that they're hopeless, and there's not a question that they're ready to die. What I say is that many people placed in their position, many American citizens would be ready to die as well. Do the defenders all agree that the hunger strike should end or should proceed or is an appropriate protest? Well, it's a peaceful protest. It's one that the men are undertaking. It's one that I want to see end. And uh, parts of the story that haven't been reported is that that the men are making very reasonable demands that could end the hunger strike. Uh, They want Guantanamo closed. and, And the hunger strike has brought this more into the forefront of the media. Let's remember that the president didn't come out and make a statement. He was asked a question at a briefing. Um, on the hunger strike itself, it's, it's, we have a peaceful protest. The men have a right to protest, but none of us that know the men and know their families want to see our clients die. And I, I think that the president said that yesterday, and obviously I think the military doesn't want to see people die, but the military doesn't know what to do. That's what is so frustrating. Is a doctor who force-feeds a, an inmate who's starving himself to death isn't that doctor helping to achieve your goal of uh, allowing these people to survive? And isn't that an appropriate thing for a doctor to be doing? Well, I think, again, it's a clear violation of medical ethics. And I know human rights groups, and I believe even the U.N. came out and said it's a form of torture. Um, 
So if a man makes a voluntary decision to engage in a peaceful hunger strike, I'm not sure it's the military's prerogative to jam tubes down their throats and force feed them. And if you want to hear how painful and onerous the process is, we can go through it. I, I mean, this is the the insanity that's Guantan that is Guantanamo. It's the reason why the president was so frustrated. You could see it on his face. And for those of us who live it live in it every day, it, it's it's more frustrating. Well, respond to the frustration of one of our listeners. Um, these people are not good boys. They're probably murderers. They want to starve themselves to death. If that's what they want to do, the people on hunger strike are not young kids. Well, John, that is the whole problem we have. It's the xenophobia in the United States because your listener has no idea who's in Guantanamo. Your your listener does not understand that 86, over half of these men, have been declared innocent by this administration, that they can't be charged. And not only is there no evidence, but they're not a danger if released. So, And, and that was the dark forces in the United States government found that. We're talking the CIA, the NSA, FBI, the people that, that are, you know, they're not necessarily on the men's side, but they made that conclusion years ago, and yet those men remain. Uh, there's a handful of individuals there that need to be tried in a real court, and they're being tried in the kangaroo court in Guantanamo, created specifically for them. There's six individuals that should be tried in United States court. The rest of these individuals, the other 80, are people that uh, this administration has said, look, we don't have any evidence on them. Hence, they're innocent. There is no evidence that could be presented in court. They can't be charged with anything. There is no trial. But we're afraid to release them because what they may do in the future, and therefore we will indefinitely detain them. Now, why does the administration think they're upset? Because they've been held 11 years without charge. That is an incredible violation, not only of our laws, but of international law. And uh, there's no uh, legal scholar that can stand up and say indefinite detention is a legal or permissible future for these individuals. The bottom line is that those individuals need to be tried or released as well. So you have a handful that you see that can be tried in federal courts. The president talked about that. Our courts in the United States are more than uh, qualified to to try terrorist suspects, period, end of sentence. The rest of them, if you can't try them, you have to release them. And we have places for these men to go. But but what your uh, caller or listener needs to understand is that half of these men are innocent. And uh, they are Arabic men, yes, but that doesn't mean that they're not men and that innocent men shouldn't be released. The president has the ability to transfer these individuals immediately. Does he intend to have action or is he going to just give us more words? If he intends to have action, he, with the help of us and others, can have these 86 men at least home in an instant. And I'm talking in a matter of months. The question isn't whether or not he has authority to transfer men, but whether he has the political courage to do so. And so far, the answer has been no. But we were lifted by his statements yesterday, and let's hope he follows through with them. Carlos Warner, federal public defender who represents 11 Guantanamo detainees, including Kuwaiti hunger striker Faiz El-Kandari. Thanks so much, Carlos. Thank you, Jeff. The Takeaway is supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Henry Luce Foundation for increased understanding of East and Southeast Asia. And the Rockefeller Foundation, whose transportation initiative is promoting equitable and sustainable development in communities across the country. More at rockfound.org.
I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm.